Let's turn in our Bibles together, Wisdom Literature of Ecclesiastes. We are nearing the end of our journey with this wise teacher and preacher in Ecclesiastes. He's been our guide in this investigation of life under the sun, the very life that we are living right now. Uh, we're following uh, this teacher, uh, giving credit to him. He's, he's seen it all. He's sort of been there, done that. And it's in the providence of God, this King Solomon, or one who is intimately familiar with Solomon's experience, um, he knew what it was like to possess wisdom. Uh, wisdom as much as could be possessed. He knew what it was like to have great possessions. He knew what it was like to, uh, to have wealth and honor and all the pleasures that this world affords. And he's made these recommendations, instructions really, based on what he has learned uh, in this vain life that he has lived. Not a meaningless, purposeless life, but a brief span of life, like a breath, uh, are our lives. So important that we tune into this wisdom, which I need to remind us this morning is, is not common, um, maybe not as common as we'd like to believe. You know, it, it's not encouraged by the cultural narrative and the education of our day. Uh, just because someone or some idea is older, or do, it doesn't make it any less true or good or perhaps valuable. Just because we haven't lived through a certain time period or shared experience doesn't mean we can ignore or trivialize what has been learned from that uh, time period or those who have gone before us. Why an understanding of history, especially church history. Uh, so very important to those who desire to honor the Lord, to desire to walk in faithfulness at such a time and in such a place as this. Uh, so let's keep that in mind. We do well to heed these words uh, of wisdom, not even because they are the words of the wise teacher, but because these words carry the very authority of God, the source of wisdom, a word we need to hear. So I'm going to begin reading at uh, verse 9 in chapter 11. I'm not even sure I've told you where we were yet in here. Uh, chapter 11, verse 9, and we'll go through verse 8 of chapter 12. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart shear you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart, in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart, and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed. And the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets, before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken. Or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. 
This is God's holy and enduring word. Let's pray together. Lord God, you are wisdom, the source of all that is good and right and true. And you have called us, you've instructed us to pray for wisdom. That's our desire now, Lord, that you would grow us in wisdom through your enduring word. Lord, your word does not fail, and you will not fail in performing this word in our own hearts, in our own lives. We acknowledge we can't do this on our own. We need the help of your spirit in these moments, and you have promised to help. So we implore you, Holy Spirit, teach us, encourage us, warn us as we submit our hearts, submit our our minds in these moments to your word. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen. When did you first realize that you were getting older? Something come to mind? Um, Maybe it was when you were given more responsibility or a certain responsibility. You knew that you were getting older. I will never forget my dad put me on the lawn tractor for the first time. There wasn't a whole lot of instruction that happened before that. Here's the tractor, this is the steering wheel, this is the throttle and the clutch and the choke and have at it. Um, and I know, wow, this is big time. I'm getting older, more mature, growing up. So it could be those types of experiences. It could be the, you know, gaining more responsibility, being entrusted with that. Uh, I think we come to grips with our aging more often through uh, the limitations of our bodies. Um, I was in the fifth grade when I needed these first. And given my heritage and um, the genes that I had, I didn't stand a chance. It's amazing I made it to fifth grade without uh, before eye correction, but um, I knew I would need that. Uh, early high school, I can remember sprinting to first base, playing ball, and I took one step after lunging for the base and then pulled that left quad muscle, and it took a long time for that thing to heal. I, I couldn't run the same way the rest of the season. Um, getting older. Um, a couple of years ago, playing a game in the basement of a church where you, you, you call out a number and you, whoever has that number gets up and they have to smack the ball across the floor. Well, my number was called. A number of another adult sitting uh, across the way was called. We got up and we, we jumped towards the center. We both hit the ball at the same time and pff, just stayed right there. We sort of laughed, joked about it, and it kept on playing. The next day, I could not move my arm more than six inches off my side. And it was true the next day and the next day. Um, not, not recovering as well uh, as, as I thought I might. And just this last week, my wife, uh, you know, in, in college, she could throw a Frisbee all day long. But now after 15 minutes at the park, muscles are pulled. That, uh, that never happened before. So we're starting to feel our age. I'm not sharing all this just to, you know, throw a pity party here because some of you are a little farther down that road than I am. Um, but getting older is hard. Right? Can we acknowledge that? Getting older is hard. The days become more difficult. Um, Our bodies don't work and recover uh, the way that they once did. Um, Actually, the the nerve tracts in our brains actually begin to deteriorate. uh, And our brains actually shrink with age, I learned. Um, And guys a lot more than women. So, guys, there's just, it's not a great excuse, but you could, if you don't remember, sorry, honey, my brain shrunk a little more. Uh, today than, than I was expecting. Um, 
But as we age, we also see uh, family members, we see friends move away. Um, We're tired, we're losing desire, motivation at times. Maybe at times we feel like that old book on the shelf that rarely gets pulled down and and acknowledged. Um, And we may may even feel like we lose some of the dignity in our older age. uh, As those who are older are sort of pushed to the outskirts of life where so often salvation is in looking young or staying young. Not to mention the older we get, the more, the more of life we see, the more pain we experience, the more um, that we see that unfolding around us. So it's no wonder we find no pleasure in those days because they take their toll and they weigh uh, heavy. Uh, so now that I've painted such a happy picture for you, um, what should we do? How do we respond uh, to our own mortality, to our own aging? There's three things that surface in the passage that we've read here, and they all start with R, so that makes it uh, easy. We're to rejoice in the days that we've been given. That should sound familiar from our time in Ecclesiastes. Rejoice in those days. Remove temptation and evil in those days, and remember the God who made us and has given us life. So rejoice, remove, and remember. Rejoice in the days of your youth. Rejoice when your mind and your body are strong. Take advantage of those useful days because you know, they're not going to last. Uh, so we're here in verse 9. So you have an idea? Go for it. Something sounds fun and exciting. It's within your capacity to do. Maybe now's the time to do it. You're young, but you're getting older every day. So follow those desires of your heart. And there's where we headed off at the past. Heath was uh, sharing a little bit about this in our liturgy. Um, well, maybe going through our mind here. The wise teacher has not been bribed or bought off by Disney. Um, walk in the ways of your heart. Um, this is not a, a listen to your heart, follow your heart, and do what feels good in the moment type of Disney theology. Um, the teacher's understanding of what heart is here very different than the way we're used to thinking of it. The, the heart contains more than just emotions. It's the, the seat of intellect um, and of understanding. So his message really is walk in understanding, walk wisely in your youth. So you, your thoughts, your actions, that great idea that you had, it's all lived out before the face of God. You are accountable to him for every part of it. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're in your younger days, don't let those days escape. Don't squander them. Enjoy this time in your life. Apply yourself to your learning. Apply yourself to your work. Um, Apply yourself to serving someone other than yourself because you won't get these days back. Pursue what is good and, and right. The harder days are coming and again we we live at a time in a place that tries to sort of avoid and cancel out this reality we we live on so many images and sound bites but so little substance often so we really don't want to hear much about death or hear much about getting older which i get that i didn't really want to talk about that much when i was younger Um, 
Because when we're young, we're invincible. Right? That's what we feel like. We've got our whole lives in front of us. And maybe, maybe we'll think about this stuff in our 60s, 70s, or 80s if we ever get that old. But what the Bible is telling us is that day is coming, and it's coming a lot faster than you may think. Now is the time to prepare. And without that end in sight, without an understanding of what awaits, uh, then we turn inward. We begin to live for ourselves, living for the moment. Rejoice in your youth, but don't wait until that next season of life because there's always going to be a next season. Take seriously the things of God. Seek the Lord in your youth so that you know what story you're a part of. So that you really know that the narrative that gives your life meaning. And that's, that's not a mystery anymore. Pursue a life of godliness while you're young and live with the joy that, that you've been made for. I read a fun one-liner this last week called The Seven Ages of Man. So Seven Ages of Humanity, Men and Women. Um, everyone follows this sequence See if you can pick up on it. The age of spills. The age of drills. The age of thrills. The age of bills. The age of ills. The age of pills. And the age of wills. All right, I'll say them again, just so if you're writing one, write them down. The age of spills, drills, thrills, bills, ills, pills, and wills. Um, that, that, I think that covers, that covers everyone. We're all in there somewhere. Um, now let me just say a word here to those who, who are, are here. Maybe most of those youthful days are behind you. Um, maybe you find yourself more in the ills, pills, and wills category than you would like. Um, I just want to encourage you. Um, take courage in that you are not as old right now as you will be tomorrow um, or the day after that, which means you can rejoice in the day that God has given you, in the strength that you have for today. It may be a lot of strength. It may be little strength. But with the, the mortality of our bodies, immortality of the Spirit, with that in view, rejoice. There's still a word here. God has given you another day to trust Him. To fall more in love with Him. Rejoice in His strength on your behalf as the body weakens. So we can rejoice and find pleasure in the small, ordinary things of life because that's right where God has given us those things. In the ordinary, every day. Rejoice in the days of your youth. Rejoice in the day that God has given you. And remove vexation from your heart. This is in verse 10. Uh, that's where we don't hear very often. In vexation, used in the Old Testament to describe anger, worry, anxiety. Um, push aside, turn away the unnecessary stress and anxiety that tends to zap life of its joy. Especially the joy in the little things. We get so distracted, we get so anxious, we don't even bother to see or thank God for what He provides day to day. And so the older you get, and here's another angle on this, the older you get, the more responsibilities you take on, the more anxiety that goes with it. You don't need that when you're younger. It'll come soon enough in this vain life. 
way the body heals and, and recovers faster when you are young. Don't take that for granted. Um, remove temptations and the, the evil that may come from them now, not later in life. I think this is especially true for those in their youth who are really learning who they are, um, who God has made them to be. And we never actually stop learning that as we grow older. Uh, but it's really it's new and it's formative in our younger days. Now just as a side note here, when Paul was speaking to Timothy, referring to him as a youth, many believe that Timothy was probably in his 40s by that time. So let's not delegate this word to those who are you know, 20 and younger or something. Um, but the evil one, the, the, the father of lies, is going to do his level best to snare the hearts of those who are young. I'm confident in saying he's going to work extra, extra hard on those who have grown up within the covenant community of God's people. They've grown up in the church. He will attack. He will accuse. He will try and pull you away from the church by any means possible. And thus pull you away from the ancient path where true rest is found in Jesus. He hates the fact that you are somehow connected to the church. That you're being fed and directed. So consider that. And young people, consider, consider those who are older and ask them. You look around this room, and there's not very many of us. But ask those who are older, parents, grandparents, how they have lived in their younger days. Ask them about decisions that they have made when they weren't part of the church or when they didn't remove themselves from that temptation. We see how God has used those decisions and those experiences over the years. But you may find that how they spent those youthful days, that's not, that's not entirely gone. It hasn't left them. There's still consequences for that. Um, another thing here. Um, under this removing of vexation, evil in the dawn of life. Going back to that idea that that's pushed so for forcefully um, by our time. And, and Heath uh, gave us a picture of the Sandlot and Babe Ruth. And I, I really appreciate that. Follow your heart. You know what's best for you. Uh, follow those feelings. But the wisdom of God, the ancient path, says that our hearts are deceitful. It says that our hearts are wicked which means we cannot fully understand our own hearts. We cannot fully trust ourselves to actually reach the right conclusions or make the right decisions all the time. So instead of following your heart, it's important that you lead your heart. Lead your heart with the truth of God's Word. Lead your heart by examining and by believing what God says is good for you. What God says about love, what God says about joy and peace and satisfaction. Lead your heart. So even though the evil one is going to attack and accuse, even though you'll face temptation as you, uh, you know, to, to go on your own, to do your own thing, live, you know, live out those, um, live for yourself in the days of, of your youth. Hear the word that Jesus speaks. In this world you will have trouble. 
your beliefs and your values will be attacked. Your body will be attacked by, by illness, by hurt. You will face disappointment and loss. Your body will weaken with age. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Hear Jesus saying that to you this morning. He's saying it to you. Greater is he who is in you, the very Spirit of God, than he who is in the world. Rejoice, remove, and remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Uh, remembering is more than just calling to mind you know, something that's happened. Um, more than just recalling something to be believed. Oh yeah, God, God is my creator. Yep, that's true, I believe that. I mean, that's honest, but it's, it's more than that, is this remembering. This, it goes deeper and richer. Psalm 37 actually helps us understand this. Listen to how the psalmist describes his care and concern for the place of God's meeting with his people, the place there in Jerusalem. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows, there we hung up our lyres, for there our, our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Do you hear the passion behind this remembering? That this is knowing God and His presence as the highest joy of His people. So remembering is that knowing. Remembering is, is loving. Remembering is serving God as the highest joy. That, that's all encompassed in this remember your creator. When we get to verses 2 through 7. The teacher provides these uh, images of aging, the difficulties that come with our own physical uh, decline. Uh, both a human body as well as uh, there's imagery here of a village or a state that is growing old and, and breaking down. Verse 3, that the shoulders or the back may be hunched over. The grinder cease. Teeth aren't what they used to be, right? Where did I put those dentures? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Um, looking through the windows is dim. Eyesight is getting worse. We may have a harder time sleeping as we age. We're restless there in verse 4. We may wake early with the slightest sound but our hearing loss is such that maybe we can't hear the birds anymore when we wake. Our fears that we didn't have before, they're now being amplified. The spring in our step is gone. Verse 5, even desire fails. The actual language there is the caperberry breaks or bursts. The caperberry in the, uh, in the ancient world was an aphrodisiac. So the message here is sexual desire, virility, that fades Maybe no longer possible. And as the language continues, this real sense of undoing of the body or the estate, a reversal of God's good creation, what is supposed to be, and then you know, an aging of all parts of creation until finally we return to the dust, which Genesis 3.19 tells us will happen. The Apostle Paul, he may have had these words in mind, as he writes Romans 8, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth 
until now. The groaning of age, longing to be restored. We've read those words from Psalm 90 this morning. Years of our life are 70, even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. So as we age in our older years, we can, we can rejoice, be grateful for one more day to grow in wisdom, to be uh, an influence on those who come behind us, the youth in our generation. Billy Graham, as he was sharing in his book, Nearing Home, he shared the story of Coca-Cola. If you, some of you remember this. Back in 19, mid-80s, 1985, Coca-Cola came out with a new recipe for their syrup. And so they, they put out this recipe, but with, there was just an absolute outcry because of this. Uh, the general public wanted nothing to do with it. And then within like two months after releasing this, you found Coca-Cola Classic back on the shelves. It was classic. It was the real deal. You couldn't replace it. Um, no recipe is going to, to touch that. So I think of the, there's so much value, great value in the aged, tested by years. The, the, the aged, the older, they can be, uh, there's a genuineness and authentic in ways that new and young and inexperienced uh, just can't match. So what kind of older person will you be? What kind of older person do you want to be? Will you be the, the cynical, sort of growing bitter and resentful, maybe feeling entitled like you know, you've put in your time so you know, everyone else owes you something? That could happen. Or will you have an attitude of humility? Gratitude? Seeking to grow with a heart of wisdom, looking to, to serve even as you allow yourself to be served by those who are younger in the body of Christ. Because know that the youth are watching. They are watching. And we need to be aware of that as we teach the younger generations about growing old. You know, is this something just to be feared and avoid at all costs? That's, that's the predominant message. I pray that's not our message in the church as we get older. Uh, we want them to embrace each day as a gift from the Lord. Each day as one day closer to eternity. One day more to fall more in love with our Savior. The Lord will, will grow and sustain His church through the witness of the aged. So I'll address you as brothers and sisters. Fathers and mothers, um, as we slow down, as we age, it should make the hunger for what does last all the more glorious, all the more sweet. And we hear these words in Romans 8. The same Spirit who raised Christ will give strength to our mortal bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, we will bear the image of the man of heaven. That is glorious. That is a glorious promise and a promise of God that can be a refuge as we age. As we age and experience the days of no pleasure, it should move us to long for the days of endless pleasure, endless delight. Delight that's found in Christ alone. We can rejoice in every day that God gives. Delighting in the little things. I'm talking the, the smell of the grass Okay, a, a bite into that, that sandwich. The sweat of our work. A hot bath afterwards. 
the child's laughter, the hand of a spouse. Enjoy those things because they're just snapshots of a greater delight. We're just getting a glimpse of it. I'll leave you Dr. Zach Eswine. He shared a story of two, two men who were locked away. They've been incarcerated for years. And one of them, they were sitting down together, and one of them turned. He said, you know, I used to play a mean harmonica, but lost interest in it, though. Don't really see the point of it now that we're here in prison. And the other one turned to him, and he says, but here's where it makes the most sense. You need to play your harmonica so you don't forget. The guy sort of wrinkles up his nose. Forget what? What are you talking about? Forget that there are places in this world that aren't made out of stone. That there is something inside these stone walls that cannot be taken away. So what are you talking about? The man turns to him one more time and says, Hope. Hope is the wonder that cannot be taken away. So as, as, as death draws near, and, and, and the walls of, of age sort of make it that much closer, for those in Christ, there is real joy and hope under the sun that can't be taken away by anything. Our aging doesn't have the last word. It doesn't. Our bodies return to the dust, but our spirit endures, abiding with God who has given us life. And in that second resurrection, our bodies will be glorious like His body. No more aches and pains. You look forward to that day? No more aches and pains. No more living in that season of ills and pills and wills. No more treatments. No more tears. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we do know the one who holds tomorrow. And that enables us to enjoy the gifts. Enjoy the gifts of today. Rejoice in your youth. Remove the sin that clings so closely. And remember your Creator with hope. Hope for the life that is to come. He will judge. We live before His face. But He will complete our joy. And He is the one who will bring us home. And that's, what we, that's what we look forward to and that's what we celebrate as we go to the table together. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we ask that You would work this truth into our hearts. We thank You for this great hope that You have given us, bound to Christ that our spirit endures with you even as these bodies weaken and grow old. Um, Lord, you endure. You hold us. You are our keeper. And so I pray that we would be those who rejoice in the little things that you've given us today. We rejoice in your covenant love. We rejoice in your compassion and faithfulness. Lord, as we look forward even to that day of your great return. Oh, we pray that you'd hasten that day. No more tears, no more pain, but celebrating in your manifest glory forever. Lord, we thank you for feeding us through your word. As we go to your table now, feed us as we celebrate the union we have with Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.